So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. Guys, if you are in Atlanta, then you know the name of the, of the person who I'm about to interview, or at least the name of his company that he was the founder of. This is Mike Costantino. I'm going to mess it up. He'll, he'll correct me here in a second. Um, but guys, he's the owner of Big Owner, Founder, Chief Running Officer, all of the above. He is the founder, though, of the Big Peach Running Company. So without further ado, Mike, how are you doing, my man? I am good, Jacob. Thanks so much for having me. Good evening to you. Good evening. Good evening. So, how bad did I bat, did I uh, butcher that last name? How do you pronounce your last name? Uh, well, believe me, I've I've heard it worse. I've certainly seen it spelled worse. So it's Cosentino. Cosentino. At the same time, that wasn't all bad. bad <laughs> given some of the other ways I've heard it over the years, so I would imagine if you were given a second or third attempt, you'd probably get it down pretty quickly. <laughs> it would it would take me a couple for sure for sure. Well, Mike, man, I know you're a busy guy. You have a ton on your plate, so I really appreciate your time this evening. Um, I guess my first question for you, and some, and if you could just give a little bit of a detail or give it a little bit of a background about um, what was some of the um, why did you start the Big Peach Running Company, and what was some of the um, yeah, just go for it. How, why, what was some of the why did you start the Big Peach Running Company? Well, a little bit of background information, yeah. huh? Well, it it actually. And I know this is not a unique story, and yet as we get further from when we opened, and we opened our first door in May of 2004, and yet it was a product of September 11, 2001, mm -hmm. as at the time I was at the Coca-Cola company and certainly enjoyed my time there. I was actually traveling on that day and maybe perfectly enough for me was one of those who was not at home but did have a rental car yeah, and was in Tampa that day and made the decision pretty quickly that the only place to be, of course, was at home with my wife and having that rental car made the decision shortly after realizing how much the world had changed to start making that trip back to Atlanta, even though the rental car, of course, was supposed to be turned into the airport at Tampa <laughs> yeah. later that day, at least according to the rental agreement. Yeah, But that year, interestingly, for me anyway, was what I kind of called a personal triple crown, where maybe it was just about being the best I could be, but also being, if I'm very transparent, very selfish, where yeah. I had hoped to run a marathon PR at the Boston Marathon, was doing Western States 100-mile endurance race, and then had registered for Ironman Florida. Damn. And of course, September 11th was right in between Western States in June and Ironman Florida that was in November. Yeah. And so being in Florida 
on September 11th that morning, I'd gone out for a training run. And then of course the world changes. And as I'm driving back to Atlanta, it's just this revelation that as much as this endurance minded lifestyle and maybe trying to push myself had meant to me that I had picked up so much along the way, mm -hmm. it would be a shame not to share it, a shame for others not to get not just the personal, but quite frankly, the community satisfaction that I had. And by the time I think that week was over, I had maybe recommitted myself to doing something that I hadn't thought that much about, mm -hmm. even at the beginning of that year. So I went to work on the business plan. By the time we got to October 1st, and after a few iterations and all the other things that you hear about with startups and learning the ins and outs of the SBA, trying to figure out how banks work and how loans get approved, working through a variety of possibilities as far as a leasing arrangement for the first store and determining how in the world I could get manufacturers that I'd heard of and maybe even used to actually open me as a new account or a new business. That's how I spent the next couple of years. And then, like I mentioned in 2004, ultimately put it to good use and have quite frankly been living the occupational dream ever since. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, because you guys, you've since then, you've grown uh, Big Peach into from one store. Where was your first location at? First location was in what is now Brookhaven, Georgia. Of course, that was unincorporated DeKalb back in 2004. So we were in Cherokee Plaza okay. on Peachtree Road in Brookhaven as a community now as the city of Brookhaven. So that was number one, May 24, 2004. Still remember the day. And some days it seems like it was just last week. Then, of course, as you know, and you can appreciate being involved in a small business and thinking about how you can serve the community better every single day. There are those days, of course, that feel like it's been, you know, three or four decades since. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, so since, since growing it from, or for, for, since that first uh, location opened, you've grown this uh, business into seven different locations through the greater Atlanta area. Um, what's been the drive to keep going and do you have the drive to keep opening up more? Well, I don't know if it's about opening stores, but certainly the drive is there. I mean, we said long before we ever opened the first store, in fact, it was on the cover of the business plan. And whether it was one of our supplier partners who were learning about this intention for the first time or a bank who was being perhaps given some request to consider an SBA loan for the business, that our mission was to grow, to support, and to enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle in and around Atlanta. And to this day, that has not changed. Mm -hmm. So when you have mission work that not only do you feel really, really good about what you're doing and how you go about doing it, knowing that it can get better the longer you stick with it, the more you do with what you've learned, and ultimately more who you bring alongside to be part of the fun and ultimately who are much better than I am at making things happen, you also get the good fortune of realizing there is still so much work to be done. Yeah. Obviously, in the midst of this year alone, when you think about those who were so favorably influenced, perhaps just by seeing the Olympic marathon trials in Atlanta, all the way to the silver lining, in my estimation, of coronavirus where more and more people were getting outside and walking in their neighborhoods or taking the dog for one extra walk per day or perhaps committing themselves to a running or a jogging routine for the first time in a long time or the first time ever. 
yeah. there's still so much of our mission and that work that needs to be done. So whether it's opening more stores, I think, sure, that's a possibility. But just as importantly, where else and how else can we do that mission work that we believe we're called to do? And so with that, yep, I believe growth is still an option. But what that looks like, of course, could change as we you know, unfold this year and as we look at different possibilities for the future. Yeah, heck yes. What, um, what are some of your... So going forward, I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording here. I know e-commerce is now becoming a big, uh, or trying to, or seeing if it's going to become a portion that's that's relevant with as you guys kind of progress forward. Is that something that you guys see uh, becoming a significant part of your future with kind of how the world's kind of changing, or at least in the immediate immediate future with COVID nineteen and coronavirus um, kind of taking over the world by storm, and making brick and mortar. Um, you, it's almost like you have to have a hybrid version of uh, brick and mortar and e-commerce this way. So how are you guys kind of handling that? So that's a great comment and, and certainly a, a fair question, perhaps for any retailer, regardless of what industry that we're in. Yeah. And hoarding goods is no different as you look at a primary part of our business being athletic footwear, specifically, you know, technical and performance running shoes. The reality is that omni channel, as it's known in and around the retail industry, which yeah. is nothing more than operating in a variety of different formats, brick and mortar, e-commerce, buy online, pick up in store, reserve online, pick up in store, delivery. Regardless of how it gets done, it's ultimately the transition of merchandise from the merchant to the end user. And so for us, the term that we're using is just simply omni-outstanding. And that is we want to participate in those areas where we believe we can bring that premium, perhaps concierge level of service that our guests have every right to expect in our stores to any other way that we would serve. And so e-com, yes, has become a big opportunity for us over the last few years. Certainly, and you mentioned Corona as I did, it spiked and perhaps will continue to be a bigger contributor to our business because of that. And yet at the same time, whether it's a personal note that goes inside that shipment, whether it is the ability to manage exchanges or returns or quite frankly, even refunds done locally and then help someone in a way that we can't if we're shipping a pair of shoes to, to Delaware or to the West Coast, it is something that we will need to continue to evolve and do better and better. And yet at the same time, I don't want it to be something that we do without the personality and the high service levels that people have come to expect inside our stores. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I, I love that. I love that term as well. Um, but well, when you think about your business, it's the, it's the same, right? And when we think about sure. where we can be outstanding, it's not just in one area or just in one methodology of service. We have to commit ourselves to meeting our guests and, and, and you being able to meet your clients where they want to be exactly. met in a way that serves them best. And it's not always likely that the first person you get a chance to interact with that day is going to want to be served or even can be served the same way that second person will be or will want to be, or certainly the last person of the day. And yet we also recognize there are some limitations. For sure. I'm assuming you guys feel the same. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you bring up a good point when you, 
and the fact that like these e-commerce or these, these omnidirectional uh, formats of um, reaching uh, clients or serving clients um, has always kind of been there and it was kind of growing momentum, but certainly with everything that's kind of going on as of late, it's definitely kind of uh, put that on the forefront, right? And it's really forced people to grow and adapt. And I think in the long run, it's going to be great because I think you're exactly, I think you're spot on. There's plenty of people that we've worked with who, um, especially over the past couple months here that, you know, maybe, uh, that we realized that being 100% in person isn't the best fit for you, you know, um, especially with Atlanta, um, when traffic does pick back up and when things do get, when life does get busy again, there's plenty of ways that we can continue to serve and, and be a value to people without them having to come into and, and spend, uh, all the time in traffic, getting to our stores, getting to our, getting to our clinics, um, and, and still get a, a great, um, outcome and a great experience in the process. Um, it's, it's funny you talk about traffic and I get how at least during the coronavirus, it was somewhat in hiatus, I suppose. But at the same time, we did something that seems so elementary and you talk about wanting to be efficient and wanting to be mindful of how you can serve others better. We did what was just simply termed and we were not unique in this term by any stretch. Some were doing it long before us and almost everyone was doing it during that particular season. And that was curbside pickup. Yeah. Right. It was socially distant minded. Mm -hmm. It was efficient. And yet I was kicking myself and our organization would almost have to, you know, give ourselves, you know, a lashing for not having thought of this sooner. Yeah. It's not like we, somebody invented this new technology. Right. It was a flashpoint. It was like, why were we not doing this for the last 10 years? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's something that kind of like, <laughs> Oh yeah, this would be great to be able to provide for our to our clients or our patrons. Just to be able to drop it off at their door, like it's it's or drop it off at their car. It's not hard. It's just and it adds that next layer of customer service that people are looking for. That's exactly. Right. It's not like somebody invented curbs or curbside right. <laughs> during the coronavirus. It's like why would we have not done this? Where we would just step outside the doors of our store, thank yep. someone for making some time for us, hand them their shoes, or put it in the passenger seat, or put it in the hatch if they opened that hatch for us to just put the goods in there why were we not doing that beforehand right. so silly so elementary and yet what a great opportunity for us to be of better service down the road for sure for sure have there been any have there been any other aspects for you that you've been like oh man we should have been doing this a long time ago you know i don't know if this is the same in terms of a long time ago but you know we started offering something earlier this year that we referred to at the time as virtual fit Mm -hmm. And it was a way to recognize that our stores were closed and yet there were lots of questions, whether it was about getting the right pair of shoes, whether it was making the right choices for nutrition or perhaps what devices for self-massage or whatever else it might be. So we were doing these virtual fit consultations and we were using a medium like what we are now to be able to have this conversation where you could use full video, you could share things on the screen if you wanted to reference a document or pull up the specs on a particular footwear model. And it was a great way for us to stay connected to those who needed more than just to say, hey, this is what I wear, please send it to me in this size. Yeah. What it, I think eventually became was not so much a virtual fit as what maybe was a pre-fit. Mm -hmm. You mentioned being more convenient. So now if somebody, wants to use curbside and they know that they can get a 20 minute consultation, get a sense of which three shoes might make the most sense. And now they show up and they just try on three shoes as opposed to doing the whole thing in store. 
Yeah. Or they know they've got curbside and what they want to know is what's the difference between one energy gel and something else that's new on the market or, you know, what would be the potential differences between this latest version of this shoe they've always worn and the last two versions. They can get that without leaving the comfort of home or they can do it while they're in the car safely commuting or they are in the office, but before they leave for the day. And now it's a pre fit or it's a, you know, pre arrival consultation as opposed to what was being done at that particular time, which was using that technology and that conversation as a substitute. So I think that has some, some real legs perhaps as to how we work with our guests in the future to save them some time and be more convenient. We said at a, a while ago along these lines, convenience is the battleground. And yeah. what that meant was that we felt like 101 out of 100 times, we should win on service. If someone says, that's what's most important to me, my goodness, I hope they would think about Big Peach Running Company because that's just what drives us. How can we serve better? How can we do more for them? How can we over achieve relative to their expectations? And conversely, you know, everything that we sell is at suggested retail or less. But at the same time, if somebody is just so committed to finding the absolute lowest price for anything they ever purchase, we're probably not for them, right? We're right. not the low price leader. We're not the discount store in right. the market, even though all of our prices, again, are very fair at suggested retail or less. But that price consideration isn't where somebody's going to give us a 10 out of 10. Right. And so there in the middle was convenience. Mm -hmm. We were going to win on service. We weren't going to be the first brand that someone thought of or first retailer someone went to and they were thinking about price. But my goodness, how could we take more ground as it related to convenience? One of the things that we did in the last couple of years, I'm super proud of our team, Big Peach on Wheels. That way we can go to schools, we can go to corporations, we can go to residential communities, we can go to places where people are so they don't have to go someplace else. Yeah. And now through coronavirus, there's all these other ideas that I do think help us when we say convenience is the battleground and now we can be better tomorrow than what we were yesterday. Yeah. I think that's awesome that you guys have sought out and recognized that there's definitely like um, – you're not the cheapest option out there, you know, <laughs> but you don't, but you didn't set out to be either. I think that's really important because uh, I think that um, there's almost like a price aversion sometimes <laughs> to, or there's an interesting like price psychology out there, you know, um, where like if you're almost too cheap, it's like, well, hold on, why, you know, <laughs> or it doesn't allow you to, uh, to do the service and, and, and really try to, um, take care of your patrons and take care of your clients the way that you truly want to and the way that they deserve to be. Um, so I love that you guys recognize that fact because we're, I know we're certainly not the cheapest option in Atlanta when it comes to physical therapy either, but we, but we definitely set it and make it our mission to kick everybody else's asses when it comes to uh, <laughs> making sure that people are taken care of when they're in our facility or when they're working with us. So you're kind of speaking my language with that. <laughs> well, and then, you know, this will not be new to you, but you know, we look at value and there are people who perhaps even appropriately based on their past experiences or anywhere they may have their own product that they are putting into the market that value and price are the same thing and that they believe that it's only a good value if it's a really low price or it's a lower price than any other option. Right. For us, we look at value as price relative to the quality of the experience. Correct. And once you put those two together with our just steadfast commitment and quite frankly, tireless effort to ensure the best experience for our guests. We believe there is more value at Big Peach Running Company 
than anywhere else. And we want our guests to feel the same way because if the quality of the experience is at that pinnacle level that we believe our guests should deserve or should expect and that they deserve, then the value is, is absolutely there. And for somebody who's like, oh my, I just want you know two versions ago of something that used to work and that doesn't need to be the current version, or I don't necessarily need a technically capable midsole, I just need you know a foot covering, mm-hmm. they're not gonna find the experience at Big Peach Running Company to be particularly relevant. Right. So they should define value differently. And we fully respect that. For sure. But for, for those who are looking at it a little bit differently where service does matter and having, you know, 100% satisfaction guaranteed tied to it and knowing that there's no question that they couldn't ask. They should feel like, wow, every question is a good question because it, because it is. For sure. You know, in those, in those instances, the value is still there. And same thing with you and your team. Yeah. Absolutely. I think what's, I think that's really, what's really cool and unique about the running community. Um, it, Cause I think you're spot on when you talked about how um, with the circumstances as of the past couple of months has increased the amount of runners out there. Um, mm-hmm. So with you guys doing everything you can to kind of reach those, reach those runners and, and let people know that um, no matter where you're at in the running process, you can be, uh, you know, picking up running for the first time or, or, you know, doing a run walk type program all the way up to having people who are competing in Olympic trials, uh, you know, using your guys' services. Um, so I think that's awesome that you, you, that you recognize that and that you put an emphasis towards making sure everybody has the same experience when they kind of walk in the door. They should. I mean, everything from, and we go back to, you know, thinking about 2001 and even the first iteration of the business plan before we took it to a professional graphic design artist, the character icon, you know, that peachy, as we refer to it, (laughs) that is part of our logo to be very unintimidating looking. Yeah, because we wanted people who were like, man, I kind of fell away from a fitness minded routine or I've never really considered myself an athlete or I'm not so sure I could actually stay true to this routine or stick with it. It's like, man, come, come on over here. We've got a place for you. You're the person we've been waiting on. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys offer any type of like uh, like training programs or anything like that for people? Or do you guys kind of outsource that? I'm sure you guys have plenty of connections throughout all of Atlanta and greater Atlanta area. Um, but do you guys offer those services? So we do. Interestingly enough, you know, we've done, done it all relative to, to training and gosh, even other things. We used to be in the event ownership space and we've tried a variety of other activities, some that continue and others that ultimately we just realized that maybe it was a bit of a stretch for us and where our priorities should be. But as far as training programs right now, and it's entirely virtual because regardless of when this airs, as we tape this being together as a running group of a hundred people just is not socially responsible or a particularly good idea perhaps. So we have a virtual training program, a summer 10 K training program. I do believe that'll be something that we do perhaps getting back in person in the fall that we offer from no less than five of our stores. Sometimes it's in all locations. Our training programs are always free. So what we do is we find great content that is available to us at no cost. Mm -hmm. And then we pair that with other parts of what we believe is that pedestrian active experience, including encouragement, including information that goes alongside the mileage or the daily routines and put it all together in a way that now for that beginner, that novice, and that intermediate makes it, if not more achievable, but also more enjoyable. Not to suggest that expert level 
runner isn't someone who we would want in our training program, but we also get that that person may be um, primarily motivated by the social possibilities because he or she is, is getting, you know, a higher level of coaching or already has results that some of us might not be able to relate to. So most of our programming currently beginner, novice, and intermediate, but it is something that, that we're very passionate about and we believe is part of, again, if we're going to do that mission work, we have to be able to be able to do uh, close to our stores or through the resources that we have. Yeah, I think uh, it just seems to go so hand in hand with what you guys are doing and what all you guys offer from the vir- from your virtual fit analyses to your to telling people exactly like, here's what kind of shoe based off your foot anatomy and how you run and how you stride. Um, here's what the shoe works best for you. You get them in the shoe and be like, oh, by the way, here's your program. <laughs> like, just seems like a very natural fit for you guys. It is. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, as you can appreciate, you get a chance to see people who think they can't. And then after they get done working with you and your team, they can, or they were doing it. And now all of a sudden they've hit this major roadblock or they've hit this speed bump and they're not so sure they're going to be able to continue to do it. But by the time they get done with the treatment or they get done with some of the programming that you put in place for them, they're more confident than ever, man, how sweet is that? It never gets any better than that. No. So think about people who enroll in a training program and they're like, look, I just want to tell y'all, I'm not a runner. I'm not a walker. I'm not an athlete. It's like, you cannot come in here in the mindset. The fact that you had the courage to show up, you absolutely are an athlete. Now we're just going to find out, you know, how good or how committed. And there is no right answer. We'll figure if we find out that you're at a certain pace that's a great pace. doesn't matter if you're at the same pace that you were last week or somebody else will be next week. The fact that you're here, that makes you an athlete. For sure. And I think that's the whole part about, or the thing that's awesome about fitness is it's, it's really just wherever you're at, you know, like you're only competing against yourself when it comes to, the, when it comes to bettering your, your own fitness, your own wellness. Um, and it's just finding that right community that can help kind of, um, foster that and, and help you grow in any way that best fits your life and where you're trying to be. So I love how open you guys are to, and, and the dedicated effort that you guys make to making sure everybody feels open and welcome when they walk into your guys' store. Um, well, and that was part of the revelation for me, Jacob, way back in, in 2001 and, and writing the business plan. And now here, you know, almost 20 years later, yeah. where again, thinking about, you know, running 250 in Boston or doing Western States 100 miles or whatever big event. For me, I was in really good shape as I think about it. And it was a unique time period for me and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And yet at the same time, what I really remember was sitting around the campfire the night before the event, you know, and let everybody talking about, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous too. And it wasn't any different from those of us who might be at the front and those who were doing it for the first time being afterwards. And, you know, maybe, sharing a, a bag of salted peanuts or a cold beer and everybody had the same smile on their face, no matter where they finished, whether it was, you know, the, the, the journey of getting to that start line, whether there was, you know, some kind of training run or some kind of brick workout or whatever it might be that you didn't even know when the next time you were going to a start line. But the fact that you were on a beautiful day being out wherever you were, that was the part that was so sweet. And that in my opinion, everybody, can enjoy no matter whether or not they'll ever be on that, you know, Olympic trial stage or be on some kind of podium. Those other parts are available to all of us. Oh, for sure. The community aspect of, uh, and, and the, and the memories made and and the middle and the middle improvement, there's so many other aspects to fitness wellness running uh, than just 
getting in the best shape you can and running as fast as you can. And, um, they're, they're highly underestimated and, but they're the most important part of, of running. And you, I think you hit the nail right on the head with that. Do you still train? I mean, obviously you still train. What's your training looking like these days? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm able to, um, still get quite a bit of mileage in. I'm not really training. So at least by the standard of saying, Oh, you've got this target event and you've got this weekly, you know, uh, build up and what have you, but I'm still running five or six days a week. I love to trail run. So I do as much trail running as I can. You know, I, uh, am doing 40 to 50 miles a week, which is still a decent load for, you know, somebody my age. And quite frankly, I, I feel great, which is, is huge. And maybe more importantly than anything, I'm enjoying it as much as I ever have. So I don't know if that's really the definition of training, but I feel like I can say yes and more importantly, when I talk about it, I have a huge smile on my face because it is still as much fun as it was when I first kind of fell in love with this lifestyle. Yeah, well, you can you can just kind of feel the enthusiasm you have when you talk when you talk about running and when you talk about your enjoyment with running. So you definitely can't hide it that you that you are <laughs> that you enjoy the sport of running, um, and that's, and it's more than just a just a sport to you. It's actually a part of of your identity, which is fantastic. Um, well, Mike, man, look, I really appreciate your time. I want to be respectful and not keep you on here for too long. Um, but real quick, for the for the people listening, is there um, any way that they could, if they wanted to learn more about Big Peach or they wanted to learn more about the Big Peach on Wheels or any of you guys' other programs or, or services that you guys have available to you, what's the best way they can do that? So obviously, we've got all the information on our website, just bigpeachrunningco.com. That's bigpeachrunningco.com. You mentioned Big Peach on Wheels, as I did. And if you um, send an email to onwheels, O-N-W-H-E-E-L-S at bigpeachrunningco.com, certainly we would love to hear from you. We've got some unique programming with the remainder of this year. It's going to be really cool and allow us to kind of test a few things that we have not done previously. Certainly always welcome to send me a note and uh, similar to all of the cool things that you guys are doing at the Atlanta active podcast. We do our run ATL podcast. People can connect with us that way as well. We've had over 70 episodes at this point with not just some of the best and perhaps most recognized runners and athletes in the world, but also some of those who are really, really good at helping us be better at all those different aspects of our life, not just training or, you know, being a faster 5k participant, but also being a better parent, being a better spouse, being a better neighbor. And that continues to be something that I believe happens when, as you know, you're getting the most out of yourself physically. Some of the other things tend to fall in line as well. So I would also invite everyone to check out the run ATL podcast, either on our website or on some of the places where people find this podcast and all of their other favorites. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, man, super insightful. I really appreciate your time this evening and uh, you have a good rest of your day. I promise. Thanks so much, Jacob. Good luck to you guys. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.